Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to your first day of medical school. Oh, some of you are excited about that. Wow. Because, you see, <clears throat> like the doctors in this clip from Grey's Anatomy, becoming a doctor takes a lot of work, takes a lot of practice, takes a lot of skill acquisition. You have to learn to master this thing called doctoring. You have to learn to master your craft. And like doctors, Christians also have some things we need to practice. We also have some skills that we need to acquire, some things we need to understand. For example, uh, better understanding who Jesus is and what he's done, like the topic of our last sermon series covered. That's an important thing for Christians to understand. Another important thing for Christians to understand is this thing called church. What is church? Why do we do church? Why on earth are we gathered together here on a Sunday morning? Well, that's an important thing for us to understand. And to help us make sense of church for the next several months here at Rooftop, we're going to be going through a series called What the Church Was Meant to Be. And we're going to look at scriptural images of the church that can help tell us what church is, why we're doing it, how we're doing it, and why on earth you're here on Sunday mornings. Last week, Pastor Matt kicked us off by talking about the church as a gathering where Christians all come together. And in the weeks to come, we're going to look at a lot of different images. Images of the church as a bride, as a family, as a community, as a hospital, and a whole host of other things. But the image we're going to look at this morning is the image of the church as a body. More specifically, the church as the body of Christ. This is one of the more common ways to talk about the church in Scripture, scripture. so we're going to dig into this this morning. And what better way to understand the church as body than to come to medical school? So that's what we're going to be doing this morning. And so as we jump in, uh, open your textbook with me to 1 Corinthians, where we will hear from the esteemed Dr. Paul of Tarsus on the church as body. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in section 12. Follow along. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we, will, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would, this, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker 
are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. Now there's uh, obviously a lot that Dr. Paul is telling us in this passage. He has a lot to say. Uh, But his big overarching idea, the idea that we really need to walk away with on our first day of medical school, is this. That in the same way that all the various parts of the body have a place in the body, so also the church was meant to be a place where everyone has a place. The church was meant to be a place where everyone has a place. That is, in the same way that our bodies are composed of different things that are all working together, that all fit and function together, so also the church should be a place where people mesh together and work together, a place where everyone has a place. Now, this is an important idea, and it's a little bit of a nuanced idea. And so to help us make sense of this idea this morning, we're going to use a tool, a tool that I encountered on my first day of medical school. You see, my dad is a forensic pathologist. He finds out why people die. And uh, he also teaches at medical school. He's taught at med school for a number of years. And when I was younger, one of my favorite things to do would be to play hooky from class and to go to class with dad. Could go sit in on one of dad's medical school lectures. And I had a blast. I'd sit in the front row and ask all these weird questions. The med students would laugh because I'd totally derail dad from what he was trying to say. It was great. But the best part of going to medical school was getting to play with the anatomy models. And now for those of you who are uninitiated, this is an anatomy model. It's a scale version of the human body, and it comes apart. It's wicked awesome. Uh, and it comes apart so that medical students and you know third graders who are playing hooky from school can look, and learn, look at and learn the parts of the body to see what they are, to figure out how they function, to figure out how they fit together. That's the purpose of an anatomy model. And so this morning, what I actually want us to do is I want us to use this anatomy model in concert with what Dr. Paul has told us about the body to help us come to a better understanding of the church, to help us come to a better understanding of the body of Christ. What can this tell us about the body of Christ? Well, a number of things. The first thing that this tells us and hopefully this is pretty evident, is that the body is one. The body is one. Now, you can see some parts here, right? But this is one thing. There is one body here. I am one body. Hopefully, most of you this morning woke up and you didn't have to bolt on a hip or sew on an arm. You're one body, right? This is what it means to be a human being. There's one of us. There's one thing going on. Dr. Paul says the same thing in verse 12. He says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. Now, the so it is with Christ thing here 
is really important because this is where Paul tells us that he's talking not just about our bodies, but about the church, where he's talking about the body of Christ. In the same way that our bodies are one, the body of Christ is supposed to be one. The body of Christ is supposed to be unified. We're supposed to be all together, one thing. Now, some of you are sitting here going, well, yeah, but I drove past 16 churches to get to rooftop this morning. Is the body of Christ really one? Well, not always. But that, at least, is the scriptural image that Dr. Paul gives us. The church is meant to be one. The church is meant to be unified. Now, in, uh, very similar to this is Dr. Paul's second idea, and that is uh, the idea that the spirit makes the body alive. Look again at verse 13. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Now, the thing you need to know here is that the Greek word spirit is actually the same as the Greek word for breath. So spirit means breath. And breath brings life. We all know this very intuitively, right? If you've ever been to a funeral or seen someone who's deceased, you know that there's something different about them. They're missing their spirit. They're missing their breath. I remember the first funeral I ever went to for a classmate of mine. Uh, I had seen her a couple of weeks earlier, and then I walked into the church where she was being viewed, and it was really shocking to me because she looked very similar to my friend when she was alive, but she wasn't. She was missing something. She was missing her spirit. She was missing her breath. And that's what Dr. Paul is telling us here. It's only the spirit that brings life to the body. In the same way that our breath gives us life, it's the spirit, it's the capital S, Holy Spirit, that brings life to the church. It's only by having the Spirit, it's only by following Jesus that you get the Spirit, and it's only by having the Spirit that you get to be part of the body, that you get to be brought into the oneness of the church. In the same way that the little s Spirit gives us life, so the capital S Spirit gives the church life. But of course, we're not just one thing, right? Our bodies are not just one singular thing. And this brings us to the next lesson from our anatomy model, and that is that the body has many parts. Let's see if I can do this right. Some of you are intestines. I'm sorry. Some of you are stomachs. Some of you maybe are livers. Lungs. Probably the, singing, the singers. You guys are the lungs. The heart. Right? We're all made up of different body parts. There are many parts to our body. As Dr. Paul says in verse 14, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Right? We're one body, but there are lots of component parts that go into us. There are lots of body parts that make all of us up. And these body parts aren't interchangeable. Right? Each body part needs to be its own thing. Verse 15, Paul says, If the foot should say, Because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that wouldn't make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. Different body parts are different, but they're all part of the same body, right? They're not the same, but they're part of the same thing. 
All the different parts of the body have a unique role to play. They have something they're doing, right? Your heart pumps your blood. Your lungs oxygenate your blood. Your liver and kidneys filter your blood. Your mouth chews the food. Your esophagus moves the food. Your stomach digests the food. The small intestine absorbs the nutrients from the food. The large intestine stores the waste from the food. And the rectum, well, you know what the rectum does. I don't need to explain that to you this morning. The point is, every part has a unique role to play. Every part has a job. As verse 20 says, there are many parts, but one body. And the diversity of organs is actually really important. The differences in form and function inside our body are what make our body work. You wouldn't be uh, a very healthy person if you had 10 stomachs. In the same way that our bodies need different parts to function, so also the church. The church needs different parts to function. Unity in the body does not mean uniformity of the body. Unity in the body of Christ does not mean uniformity of the body of Christ. We all have different roles to play. We all do different things. We don't need a bunch of Jacobs running around or a bunch of Matts, thank God, or a bunch of Jeremy's or a bunch of Jason's or a bunch of you. We all individually have different things that we contribute to the body, different experiences, different perspectives, different skills, different gifts. As Romans 12, 6 says, we all have different gifts according to the grace given us, and we use those gifts. We all use those gifts to be a part of the body. Every gift is important. Everything that each of us contributes is important. We all have something to contribute. Unity is important, yes, but so is diversity. Unity and diversity must coexist in the body if the body is to be healthy. Now, I don't know if you know this, but our bodies are actually always performing some sort of balancing act. If, uh, if you have an autoimmune disease, for example, an autoimmune disease like rheumatoid arthritis or multiple sclerosis, something like Guillain-Barre syndrome, your body is actually at war with itself. It's attacking itself. Your body isn't unified. You don't want that. You want to have a unified body. That's very important. Unity in body is important, but also diversity in the body is important as well. There are certain cancers that actually mimic the hormonal output of another organ. In other words, they make one organ act like another organ. And while that might sound cool at first, that's actually really bad for your body. You're going to end up very, very sick and have all sorts of complications if your body is too unified, if you have too many organs doing the same thing. Unity and diversity in the body are important. Unity and diversity of the body. Now, what does this mean? What does this mean for us? Well, in practice, this means that the church needs to embrace unity and diversity. The body of Christ needs to embrace the unity and the diversity of people, of roles, of perspectives, of practices, maybe even of beliefs. This is one of the reasons why here at Rooftop we practice what we call Big Tent Christianity, where we focus on the core, the essentials of the faith, the good news of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And then we say, hey, everything else, you can have an opinion on that. You can think that's very important, but we're not going to divide over it. 
we're going to allow for that diversity within the big tent of Christianity. That's very important to us. Because unity in the body of Christ does not mean uniformity of the body of Christ. We can be in this together, and we can all be different, like the different body parts in the body. The church should be a place where everyone has a place. Now, the fourth lesson from our anatomy model, the fourth lesson is that the body needs every organ. The body needs every organ. You need your heart and your lungs and your liver and your kidneys, right? Now, thanks to the, modern, the miracle of modern medicine, we've actually made it so that you can survive without uh, a major organ, at least for a period of time. But that doesn't underscore the fact that your body needs every organ. It, they're all important. As Paul says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. The body needs every organ. Every organ is important. A healthy organ is important. All of you needs to be healthy. I am continually astounded by, by uh, how seemingly insignificant injuries to people can have serious effects. You've, we've all heard of athletes, right? They twist an ankle, they hurt their toe, something that seems small, and it drastically changes their performance. The appendix is one of the smallest organs in the body, right? Shouldn't be that big a deal, but if your appendix ruptures, you got to go to the hospital or you can die. A few months ago, I uh, sprained my pinky finger. Shouldn't have been a big deal. Just taped it up, moved on with life. Except, have you ever tried to type with nine fingers? It's ridiculous. Who does this? Small things have a big impact. As Dr. Paul says, even the parts of the body that are uh, weaker, they're indispensable. Even the things that are dishonorable, and that's the, the baby-making parts, for those of you not tracking with Paul, even the baby-making parts are important and deserve modesty, right? Every part is important. Every part has a role to play in the body. All of our organs are important, and the same is true in the church. In the same way that God made our bodies with uh, interdependent parts, so also that is how the church was made. There is no unimportant role in the church. Everyone and every role and every gift is important. You are important for the life of the church. You're important. Now, at Rooftop, there are a lot of ministries. There are a lot of things that go on. There are a lot of things that go on behind the scenes. Some of the more important things that go on behind the scenes are the care for the building and the grounds that happen during the week, right? The people who make sure the air conditioner works and the grass is cut. Uh, but the cleaning team does a, has a particularly important job. Every week, after all of us leave on a Sunday, uh, at some point, the cleaning team comes in and they clean the building. And depending on how messy the staff have been that week, it can take them a little bit of time or a lot of bit of time. Depends on the pre-service video, really. Um, and so the cleaning team will come in and they do really important work. They do really important work. They make sure that uh, the lobby doesn't have stuff all over the floor. They come in and they make it so you don't have to sit on crumbs 
or kick over leftover coffee cups. They make it so that when you walk into the bathroom, it doesn't smell like the evacuated contents of the large intestine. It's important work. The cleaning team might not seem, at first glance, like their role is hugely important, but it really, really is. Dr. Paul tells us that their work is as important as the work of preaching, or teaching, or helping the poor, or leading worship. Every role is important in the body of Christ. Every job is important. And if every job is important, it's worth you asking this morning, where am I contributing to the health of the body? What's your role? How are you serving the body of Christ? Now, you may be sitting here thinking, hey, I'm not going to contribute much. My, I'm, I'm not going to be very helpful. Dr. Paul disagrees. Dr. Paul says that what you have to contribute is important. It's key for the health of the body. It's, it's important now, but it's especially important in the future as dynamics change and we plant another church. We need you. We need what you have to contribute here at Rooftop. Do you have a skill you haven't been using? Don't neglect it. Do you have a gift that you can put to use? Tell someone about it. Don't keep it a secret. Let us know. Grab one of those blue cards. Write down what gift or skill you have and let us know because we need your help. The gift, the ability that you have is vital to the life of the body of Christ here at Rooftop. You matter. Now, the final lesson from our anatomy model is that all of the parts of the body fit and work together. Every part of the body is designed to work together, to coordinate. Uh, a healthy body part works in concert with all of the other body parts. Dr. Paul says it this way. He says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are part of the body of Christ and individually members of it. We're all in this together. We suffer together. We rejoice together. We work together. We're in this together. What affects one of us affects all of us. In the same way that all of the parts of the body fit together and work together, so it should be with the church. The church should be a place where everyone belongs. The church should be a place where everyone has a place, just like in the body. When I was younger, I, my parents took me to visit a church, and I didn't want to go. Nobody here can resonate with any of that. I'm sure all of you love being here. And uh, because I didn't want to go, I acted out. I was super disrespectful and super weird when I got there. Uh, the kind of weird that uh, were I to see it today in the lobby, I would um, maybe think about calling the police, but that's beside the point. Not a good time in Jacob's life. We don't need to talk about it anymore. 
So I went to this church, and I was acting super weird, and this older gentleman walked up. He was being a good usher. He was checking on the weird white guy. And um, he was talking to me, and uh, he, we just got to talking, and he, he eventually invited me to youth group at the church later that day. And I was very dismissive. I said, hey, you know, I don't think I'm going to do that. I probably won't fit in. It's just not for me. And this guy looked at me, and he said, son, there's a place here for everyone. There's a place here for everyone. That is what it means that the church was meant to be a place where everyone has a place. The church is meant to be a place where even weirdos like me can fit in. And that's the lesson that we need to carry out with us today. Guys, Rooftop cannot just be a church for people who look and think and sound and act just like us. We have to be a church that is okay with people who are different. We can't be a church that is only welcoming to people who have their lives all together and everything seems okay. We have to be a church where broken people can come. We need to be a church that isn't preoccupied with material wealth so that you have to drive the right car or, or wear uh, jeans without a pair of holes in them or you have to smell nice when you come on a Sunday morning. Rooftop needs to be a place where people who are broken and who are hurting can come and share their stories and experience the love of Jesus without being immediately told that their theology and their politics are all wrong. The church was meant to be a place where everyone has a place. Imagine if we took that seriously. Imagine if Rooftop became a place where everybody really had a place. Now, the fact of the matter is, we can't become that place. We can't become that place because we're smart enough to make our church that way. We can't become that place because we have all the money or all of the ministry training to be the church we were meant to be. No. We can only be the church that we were meant to be. We can only be the church that Dr. Paul talks about because of Jesus. Because of the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus and what that means for us individually and what that means for us corporately. We can only be the church we were meant to be. We can only be the body of Christ. We can only stop being cancers to one another when we die to ourselves and we decide to live for Jesus. It's only when we follow Jesus and live in his love that we can be the church that we were meant to be. It's only by following Jesus and living in his love that we can be a place where everybody has a place. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your church, for the body of your son, Jesus, that's here on earth. Thank you for giving us this uh, rich image from Dr. Paul to explore this morning, this idea that the church is a body. The church is meant to be a place that's unified and one, a place that's made up of many members, a place 
where everyone has an important role to play. Father, help us to be the church that we were meant to be. Not uh, a church that compares themselves to other people, not a church that holds ourselves to standards other than your standard. Lord, help us to be a church that follows Jesus, that follows Jesus with a unified heart and with diverse body parts. Father, help us to be a church where everyone really and truly has a place where they can follow you. We ask this all in the name of Jesus, by whom we can be confident that someday, by your grace, we can be that church.